0: it's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media.
2: Oh, my goodness, that's just given me like severe anxiety. I was like, ah.
1: Consequence Podcast Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith With. It's the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thanks, as always, as usual, for making your way here, checking out the episode and the series. Please do hit the subscribe button so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out uh, every single week. It's a new one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. A great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover some new ones at uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions, uh, WFPK.org, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith. With that's me, I'm Kyle Meredith, talking today with Suki Waterhouse. We're going to be discussing her debut album, I Can't Let Go. Uh, Suki is an actress and a musician, and we're going to jump into uh, what well, we're going to hear about, uh, looking to Lucinda Williams and Sharon Van Etten as inspirations. Uh, separating herself from the original emotions that the songs were written about, and the, uh, the self-sabotaging moments in The Devil I Know And the voyeuristic nature of the internet uh, Suki's also going to talk about her upcoming role in Daisy Jones and The Six We're going to hear about digging into uh, Fleetwood Mac and the 70s, uh, 70s rock for the role Also, her upcoming tour with Father John Misty So let's do this, shall we? It's Kyle Meredith with Suki Waterhouse
2: Hi, Kyle. Hi, I'm so happy to uh, be chatting with you. Very, very excited.
1: Yeah, it's so great to have you. And, uh, and seriously, congratulations on this, on this record. It's, um, it, it is, it's beautiful, and it's dark, and it's fun, and it's funny at times. I mean, you've kind of thrown in all the emotions here. Uh, let me just throw that out. Congratulations on this.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad it's got you from all different angles.
1: <laughs> yeah well that's the thing because so you've been putting out music for uh, a few years now dropping a uh, little one-offs for uh, at least a, a, five six years I guess something like that what made it time now to finally say okay it's time for an actual album
2: yeah I think I think I had a lot of um nervousness and anxiety about uh about putting out music and and uh was kind of at war with myself for a long time about about how uh yeah how how i Felt and how I felt felt like it would maybe be received so um, when I first put out the first song about six years ago it was a song called brutally it was it was it was very cool because it was kind of like a a moment where I got to like kind of have like a, a genuine moment of honesty with myself and get to share it and then that's kind of what started me um, releasing like a couple of things and it was very like slow slow like one a year. And then I think, I think to be honest, it was kind of like the whole end of the world, like middle of the pandemic where it's just like, there was a sort of desperation inside of myself where I was like, okay, you have to get over yourself and go and finish this. Like you, you, you're desperate to do this. You think about it every day. You've been writing for years, like come on, make this happen. And uh, yeah, so a, l- a little bit of that, you know, end of the world panic, um, I think definitely pushed me over the edge. <laughs>
1: So when it came down to it, I mean, by the way, that that pushed a lot of us over the edge towards right, something, yeah. I think yeah, when it came down to it though, I mean, did you start to think about the songs as a group? Did, did did you see them as telling one big picture
2: at that point? um I think uh I think it's kind of like a the the way that the way that I would write, I would always get very, very focused on on a concept or like, usually I start, start with, with lyrics and um, it would be, it would be kind of like one, you know, something like, like the song moves. It would just be like something that would play over and over my head. And I think like the, yeah, the kind of, the kind of lyrics that I, uh, the, the kind of picking up lyrics from things that I couldn't get rid of and then piecing them together into a song. Um, And then that, that being with like, a bunch of them really so it was kind of it's it was kind of like this scattered it felt very scattered throughout the years but then you kind of like look back on it and you're like no this is yeah this is like a a tapestry of the last like six seven years of um of my life that are all pieced together now
1: well it does fit together like in a beautiful way because it does seem like one complete piece you know which is when it comes to an album i know as a fan what i'm hoping for it and and, you know, as we still get to know you as a musician, too, I've heard you talk in other interviews, just to be, even about your musical heroes. You and I have a lot of very similar tastes, it sounds like, when you name check folks like Fiona Apple and Sharon Van Etten and Amy Mann and Lucinda Williams. My God, I, I, I love Lucinda Williams. Like, how is she referenced on this record? Because it's not immediately obvious in the songs
2: first of all yeah Lucinda Williams is my absolute idol and she's she's playing the house of blues in New Orleans where I am right now just found out and I'm like oh two nights I'm gonna be there I'm gonna be there for two nights for sure but um uh I think like her some of the way that she would write it was like having it was it, it was it's like I found myself wanting to recreate in my own life like things I'd heard through her lyrics like there are certain lines like um like when I slept in the blue behind your eyelids and you know like th- things like that that would like stay with me much longer and it would kind of be like a a voice that would f- would that, that follows you around like that those kinds of um that the way that she speaks and um and the way that she like I don't know yeah f- fills your entire mind um like long after you've l- listened to the song so I think I mean that's a way that's like an example of how I've been like very um inspired by her not to say that that's that's that I've achieved anything like Lucinda Williams but that's definitely a way that I've been very inspired by her and um and and Sharon and too um has always been like a yeah a, a, ma- a massive inspiration and that uh, and like I think, like like you were saying, like the way she's able to be funny. One of my favorite lines from Sharon Van is like, you know, like that song, and every time the song comes up, where she talks about like doing someone's dishes but taking a. I don't know if you can say the See, word. See, I knew exactly
1: what you were going to go for <laughs> there right, too, as soon as you said.
2: <laughs> taking the poop well oh, you can say
1: shit it's fine it's uh, you, you can?
2: know okay okay <laughs> you said it not me
1: <laughs> I said it it's all fine it just occurred to me actually what uh, Lucinda's also got uh, she does that song on uh, car wheels uh, can't let go so you've got that little coincidence there that's so, oh
2: yeah and
1: so it's oh, yeah <laughs> part of it I
2: always love yeah she's such yeah she has such cool phrases like I always love like ped, uh, pedal to the metal when she and the and the and fruits of my labor as well that song yeah and definitely listen to a lot, but like I was, I, I think, um, yeah, Sharon Rennett and, and I really, I, how I came to um, meet uh, Brad Cook who produced my album was, uh, I was listening to a lot of his Golden Messenger at the time. And like that, uh, the way that those were produced and like, there's a song called Cat Eyes Blue that um, really like stuck out to me. And I think that was what, that was what made me go like, Oh, I think this is the, this is the person that, that I'd love to work with. Cause I hadn't really, um, uh, you know, it was all like very kind of like, a like solo project endeavor because I didn't, I also didn't like have that many, uh, that much opportunity to go into studios and be re- working with writers and, and producers. So um, when it came to kind of finding somebody to, you know, produce this album and to make it like a cohesive, a cohesive thing, he was, uh, yeah, that song really led me to, led me to brad
1: yeah and his golden messenger by the way complete props on that that's a needs to be a much bigger artist uh, much more known because his stuff is incredible every time
2: yeah yeah no, it really is it really is i was really lucky that uh yeah i kind of i kind of like f- like heard all those records and was talking to uh dave sittick from tv on the radio who who um had kind of been somebody that i've i've known for like a, a few years and We've been to the Sonic Ranch studios together and, um, and written down there. And um, and he happened to have worked with him recently on their friends on the the Nevely Boys record. Um, so yeah, so I, I kind of, it was like during the pandemic and I reached out to Brad and then I was telling Dave what I was doing and he's like, well, I'm friends with him, you know? And I was like, well, please tell him that, you know, tell him to say yes, please, please. <laughs> um so yeah that 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 kind of uh that when when that kind of when we got connected and then um and then you know I because of because of all of the the, the pandemic stuff I, did, I didn't actually get to to meet Brad before working before working with him and um was just like I don't know it was a strange like instinctual thing where you're like no I'm gonna figure out how to how to get to North Carolina and and go and, uh, and go and hang out with him for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, it's a good company you keep. It's absolutely, I mean, all of those artists that, that you're naming. And then, you know, when you turn and look, and, and I talked about the darkness of the record too, uh, and I'll, I'll take from some of your other interviews, you know, you talk about uh, some of these songs coming from a time in your life that, that you know, depression was part of it, a toxic relationship was part of it, you know, and, and now that you've compiled these, now that they're here, what's the trick to revisiting this material in a healthy way because you know to one to play these live and revisit that that's got to be one part of rawness to, to something but but is there do you have to have that separation for yourself at this point
2: yeah no i i think i think like um yeah when i when i first started working at like 15 or 16 there's and you know having been in kind of like uh, modeling and acting world like from a very young age i think um i always had like this thing inside of me that's actually like very separate from from all of you know that other stuff that I was doing that was like this kind of like alien inside of me that wanted to like express uh, myself through music so I've always had it it's always been this like companion um, and you know like while while a lot of my other life was like trying to be trying to be like uh, you're always trying to like fit into these boxes of and and kind of there's like a heavy kind of critical element to it that um that is is like quite suffocating in lots of ways. And I yeah, I had this companion of music for um for all of that time. And I think there's a that there is so much uh truth in the ability of like the of how music and putting out that truth kind of helps you transform and have a space. Um, and you can start like seeing Seeing these like things of the past as a as a story that you tell, and it's not you're not so inside of them as you maybe were.
1: What's interesting too, as as a listener, and I will take some assumptions here, that you know the album starts not only with you know the first things we really hear out of your mouth is how you're compared to somebody else, but within that song, within Move, uh, you have the line fading into oblivion, and then almost at the very end, uh, with still. You know you have you leaving like a ghost and it almost you know and and so I don't know for you looking back on it if you can see your sense of self but it's almost as if you know and you're younger as you were saying you're much younger in these you know in these moments here but uh but but do you kind of do you, do you get a grasp on that like who you were at the time because it's almost like there are those moments where you're just trying to fade out of the
2: picture mm-hmm yeah I think I think like in some ways it's like kind of like uh like a handshake with your former self um when you when you kind of like um yeah when you when you move through like the the writing process and like and 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 put it out into the into the world but um I feel like I've lost my way on that one <laughs> I had, I, had, I was it was like right there in my brain and then it just went but uh we're talking about how uh it's your sense of
1: self yeah with with with, like I said kind of fading into the background almost or trying maybe to escape a situation you
2: know yeah I think I think you can I think I think you can definitely um that I think like a lot of what I was thinking about what, what I always think about when I'm writing is like taking uh like looking at your own desires and like kind of like actually really looking at your own desires and you look back on your life and you and you i think it's like much more interesting to almost like take a responsibility for what your desires were rather than like you know like wash wash over them and um and i think like yeah a lot of this album was like looking at uh looking at myself like in a in a real way and like thinking about like the the voids that i was trying to fill and like and and a, a lot of like questioning, like you know, will will I always have those vo- voids, and will I always wanting to be fi- to fill those voids, and like how, um, and how like if yeah, desires cracking into one another, and um, and like yeah, intense, intense love, and intense like uh, you know, co- coming apart of uh, coming apart at the seams. <laughs>
1: well you get that too and and, and you know we, we talk about the humor in the record and maybe that's a little bit in the devil i know which you know have absolutely loved playing on wfbk as well but um you know like that to me it feels like that's one of those moments where you're saying listen i know it's bad for me but whatever you know fuck right. it i'm gonna do it anyway that's
2: right yeah yeah the the kind of yeah the sabotage the sabotage nature of like and i think yeah and there's there's a you know i always think about like how you know the thi- the things that you're uh the things that you're attract the things that you're attracted to and like you know th- how how like it, it definitely takes uh like an an introspective investive like it really takes like a lot of investigation inside yourself to like really find um find you know find what what, what why you kind of you know keep keep going back into things that you know, you know, aren't good for you. And sometimes, sometimes in life, it just is fun to, to kind of, you know, mess yourself up a little bit. <laughs> it
1: makes for a good song, anyway. Uh, yeah, exactly,
2: uh... <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. Yeah, if it if it if it makes if if you get a song out of it, then I never regret anything.
1: It's totally worth <laughs> it Download the free Anchor app right now, or go to Anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Um, there is uh, a song on here called "Bullshit on the Internet," and mm-hmm. and you you have spoken about it too, saying something about you being fascinated by um, voyeuristic impulses.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's I feel like through a lot of this record, through at least certain points of this record, like I I almost feel like I'm a voyeur, you know, even though I'm just the innocent bystander I'm listening. But, you know, you are, uh, you are an actress, as you said, you have been a model, you're you're in a celebrity relationship, you know, to some degree, you know, do you have the grasp on when you put this out there, you know, and and how it's going to land in people's ears, because you'll always have those fans who are going to be looking for those, you know, they're going to be digging deeper. And I guess, does it come across to you as voyeuristic, the way you're putting it out, the, the way fans will hear it?
2: Yeah, I, I think that song is like kind of, I kind of saw it as like a. I I kind of feel like the relationship, like kind of in a way like the internet, um, like it's like that kind of like, uh, that kind of um, attention that actually you, that actually I think is a, a lot of the time it's like, you know, it is obviously a choice of what you like, choose to go and see what, you know, see see like how, What's unfurling about yourself, like on the internet, but it, it's it's kind of can become like incredibly compulsive in a way. To it's like very difficult to to not to not know. I mean, feel like everyone uh, everyone kind of stro- struggles from that. It's kind of amazing how how like across the board, like you know, I meet so many different people in all these different kinds of fields, and it can really like it, I don't know, like every everyone seems to really struggle with it these days. <laughs>
1: and my comment section is nowhere near big as your comment section. And mine's and rough still, every now and
2: then, you know. Still, it's- yeah, it's still like, it's still, can just, but then it, it kind of is an interesting thing that I'm kind of like weirdly grateful for. Cause it's like anything that, anything that you could think about yourself and like way worse, you know, like people will, people will like point out and it's like, okay. So if you can kind of, and, and, you know and sometimes you're like, yeah, okay. Like I can get, I can get, bash for that like I totally I totally get it um but it's yeah I think it, it kind I kind of was like I've started to see it as like a sort of id self outside of yourself that like in a in a weird way like yeah I'm kind of I'm kind of now now quite grateful for in a strange way because it's like it's it's like I I think I think I can I've kind of gotten to the point where you can like Tr- tr- like see it as like a tidal wave that can just be like in a constant flow of change like it really like if you sit with it for long enough you're like it can re- it really just like moves so much Um and uh, if I, yeah I, I can just stay somewhat poised then like it won't rock me as much
1: <laughs> the balance on top of the wave that, yes uh, you know I guess it's good if it doesn't break. That means you're still on the conscious mind uh,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> or something. Um, you know, I talk about voyeurism. Uh, I'll ask this one, and I, I'm not trying to be voyeuristic here because I'm getting to a point, but, um, but you and your boyfriend, your boyfriend also uh, dabbles in music as well. And, and I think for me, it's just kind of a fascinating angle that um, writing with anyone, uh, making music with anyone is such a vulnerable thing to do. You know, and, and and for you all being both musicians, I mean do you take that opportunity or is this a is this a place where you all write together, play together? Because having the relationship and having that kind of thing, I think everybody's kind of fascinated when they hear two musicians, you know, are are coupling up.
2: There's no couple up on this record there, no?
1: Although I don't mean on this record, I just kind of mean in life because that's that's you know it's a cool position to be in. I, I, he
2: he would kill me if I spoke about anything about him no. joking, about on the guitar. So I think I'll I'll, I'll leave that. <laughs>
1: well, let's talk about you on the on the piano then, because I you know I've heard with uh, one of your uh, your upcoming projects uh, Daisy Jones on the Six, right? That you had to learn
2: piano. Yeah, well, I've been I've been on the B three organ. That was kind of a that was kind of a great like um, that when I. It's it's funny like how how things have like weirdly kind of matched up at the same time because we've been shooting Daisy Jones six, which is an amazing book by Taylor Jenkins Reid, which um, kind of documents like the rise and fall of a of a um, of a band in the seventies. But uh, yeah, the 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 keyboardist I play Karen Circo, so we kind of yeah around around like the beginning of like March twenty twenty is when we were about to start we were kind of rehearsing to start shooting and um and then that didn't happen we got delayed and I just moved uh I went back to London and moved an entire b3 organ into my apartment and was in it was the best time because it was like okay you've got you're going to do three hours a day and they, they we've had piano lessons and guitar lessons and Blake Mills has written all the the music for the show so like some of my classmates have like literally learn how to play guitar like Blake Mills like do you know all of the parts like they've been really given a huge gift like they're like whoa we, we can do this now but you know yeah because we we got so much longer so um yeah I kind of managed to I had like it was great to have that kind of like um yeah that three hours a day and by the end I was like you know playing like bark and all this kind of crazy stuff and um and yeah, we've got. A, I think we've done. We've done about like. I think they've done like about twenty original songs for this show. So it's been it's been great, and it was great for me as well to to get like yeah to be able to learn a whole new instrument and have have an organ. Not so great for the neighbors. Not so great for anyone around me. But great, great fun for me.
1: And I would imagine that's that's gonna creep into your own songwriting. Now I mean when you've got an extra muscle and you've got an extra tool, you know, you you use it, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. It's 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 funny, like that, that how uh like you, this the show got pushed so much and now like now the album is coming out the same day as the show ends. Oh, so wow. like as as I like leave my Daisy Jones and the Sex Band, the, um, <laughs> my record is gonna be coming out. That's like very strange coincidence. <laughs>
1: That's great. So w- with that, uh, and I haven't read the book, I, I, everyone tells me this book is amazing and the show is going to be amazing, but this has, it's the seventies. Is that right?
2: Right. Yeah. So it's what was it 70s. like?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I was gonna say, just gonna say, what was it like, you know, really digging into that era and and like engulfing yourself uh, in, in that um, yeah, that era of rock.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, there's, there's, so, there's obviously so much to, um, to to kind of I mean I I love I I do like love 70s rock like I'm I love like I'm one of my favorite bands always been like the Alessi Brothers um, There's a song called Seabird like I've I've managed I've it's been great to kind of like get that whole um, get that whole 70s playlist going and like the the fashion is obviously really fun and I think what's cool what, like when people see the show is that they actually have been I think we really created like it's, it's not just kind of going like, oh, here's everything cliche about the 70s. let's just like throw it on them. I think because we had because we have Blake Mills create the music like he really he actually like kind of created our, our own kind of 70s sound and it like doesn't actually sound exactly like anyone else, which is which is really um, like really fantastic.
1: It's actually really hard to make a um, it's really hard to make a a, a believable rock movie, rock series. Like, you know, we've heard about, like, Almost Famous was able to do it, you know, especially as we're talking about the 70s. Like, we're talking about one of the greatest right there, you know, to come along believable. Blake Mills, I would put my complete trust in. The guy is a musical genius and and, and what yeah. he does. And,
2: and Yeah, we, 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 we were at Sound City every day. Um, Sound City Studios in LA. Like, the the production decided that, like, that's, we, we had to be there. You know, the, I think that's where, um, uh, Stevie Nicks met you know the rest of Fleetwood Mac so you know they they were like we want you posted up there Tony Berg was our musical supervisor um and so he you know he'd be producing crazy people's records in the next studio over and we would all um and we would all gather there every day I mean we did we did about five months rehearsal before shooting just at Sound City every day and I think yeah and there there is like a loose it's it's not really based off Fleetwood Mac but there's like a loose kind of um a loose base off there so yeah for me I was like looking at um I was looking at a lot of Christine McVie interviews she just released a documentary actually that was on the BBC um for for a few weeks and um there's also a woman a band called Fanny do you ever hear of that band called Fanny?
1: yeah it's familiar but i couldn't name anything for you i think yeah. they were
2: david bowie's favorite band
1: Oh, uh, okay and there's
2: like yeah that there, there's there's an, there's like one interview she completely uh disappeared off the uh, basically just completely disappeared her name was nikki uh i think her name's nikki barkley um and she just there's that it's like it's kind of like piecing together of fans on the internet but there's one there's one interview that really kind of like broke my heart that I I've kind of read over a, a a lot of times I still read over to kind of um connect to the character
1: well I, I I'm seriously so looking forward to seeing that again I and mean, the way people talk about this book and everything I mean I think I should probably read the book beforehand too but but what you guys are doing out there this sounds right up my alley uh with this and you know if if these songs become famous in their own rights I mean do you do you pull those into your you've got that opportunity they like they become part of your set if you want them to
2: I don't think so. That sounds like some kind of copyright thing. I don't... <laughs> that sounds a cover. like a mistake. No, but yeah, maybe a cover. That's true. Yeah, I think I think they'd like. Um, well, it will. I think the that there are plans to, you know, properly, yeah, the, like release release the music that's um that's on that. But yeah, I know I'd I'd have to check in with the the good people. Of uh... it's
1: not a bad problem <laughs> to have if that happens. By the way, that's. that's... <laughs> um well on the music <laughs> side and i'll end with this uh you also had the tour coming up with one of our favorites um artist father john misty uh, uh a fellow who i've had on my series many times for one of my some of my all-time favorite interviews the man is uh hilarious and one of the greatest songwriters um i'm really i, I really want to fly out if i have to or visit wherever you guys are going because seeing the both of you on tour together it's this feels perfect
2: Please, yeah, please do. I'm still in a state of shock, so I don't even know what to say about going on tour with Father John Misty. I'm just like I'm. I'm getting together all of. I keep kind of looking through all these venues. My mom was very sweet the other day. She bought a. Uh, she bought a map, and she just put, she put a little pin on everywhere we're going and kind of drew it out to, to start planning where uh, where she where she wants to visit. But yeah, some of these places that we're playing, I'm like, Red Rocks, I think is the first show. It's not Radio City Hall. We've got Hollywood Forever Cemetery. I mean, like, yeah. This it's. I'm so unbelievably kind of overwhelmed and grateful for for this opportunity that's like coming up this year.
1: Yeah. Well, believe. congratulations, seriously, yeah. on, on the success, and on this record. I can't let go. It's so great uh, what you've put together here. Um, I'm. I'm. I, you know, I mentioned still uh that song um and and my mind uh that it's epic the way it goes i mean i'm kind of obsessed with those songs right now so you know thanks for what you're doing thank
2: you (laughs) thank you so much for having me it was really really fun chatting
1: yeah anytime and we'll see you on the road
2: thanks kyle
1: and my thanks to suki waterhouse again the new album is called i can't let go Big thanks to you as well for checking out the episode. Uh, Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Again, uh, new episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at iTunes and Apple Podcasts at Spotify, Podchaser, NPR, YouTube for the video versions. WFPK.org, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Subscribe to Kyle Meredith with. Then after that, head over to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, at wfpk.org. Consequence has your music and film news. You can also find me on the uh, social media spots, mostly on Twitter, but also Facebook and Instagram, all three of them at Kyle Meredith. Do hope you like and follow along. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network.
2: This dark, mysterious album, which you... (laughs) Sorry, there is a crazy thing outside. Should I just, like, move a little bit to the side? Can I answer that question again?
0: It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at wfpk.org, from Louisville Public Media